Hey, and welcome to the College Student Success Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping college students with mental health issues set and achieve goals for themselves to get them where they want to be. I'm your host, Derek Malinzak, and this is episode 14 of the podcast. So here we are, episode 14. I'm going to be talking about uh, a guy that you may have heard of, a famous guy from the past. I'm not going to really get into who he is, but more what he's known for. His name is Maslow. Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. Um, but before we get into that, a couple of things. I'm going to tell you a little story and take a quick question, and then we'll get into talking about Maslow and why he's important to you guys, you college students, you. Um, so I'm actually going to uh, I don't know, tell a story that uh, isn't very flattering, <laughs> um, but... I think it's an important one, and it relates to one of the few regrets I really have in my life, a mistake I made, and I think that all mistakes, you know, if you can learn from them, are really important lessons, and you shouldn't necessarily really think about regrets too much, um, decisions, bad decisions you made, because hopefully you did learn from them, and I definitely learned a lot from this uh, mistake that I made but at the same time I wish I didn't make it because I lost a good friend in the process not to death or anything um, but just a, a good friendship so I in college I freshman year lived on campus and met some cool people on my floor and uh, you know developed some really good friendships that first year and then uh, a couple of those friends uh, were immediately moved off campus in their second year, and I, I hadn't caught on yet. <laughs> so I, I was back on campus my sophomore year living with uh, a football player for Rutgers. And uh, so that was an odd combination because I'm in no way a jock. Um, and so that was weird. And I started spending a lot of time with my friends who from freshman year that lived on the same floor with me. They got a house with like six other people off campus. So that was my first real off-campus experience, and uh, I ended up spending more time on their couch that year than in my own room sleeping, and eventually moved off campus with them for my junior and senior year. And there were a couple of uh, you know characters that got you know replaced, but essentially there was a core group of seven of us uh, from sophomore year to senior year that uh, you know formed my like just close knit. I would say family. I mean, we were tighter than the average group of college friends, I think. We just, uh, we had some experiences that just really brought us together. And uh, it was five guys and three girls. And one of the guys in the group was just, uh, you know, I never, I had one younger brother, but uh, I, so I didn't have an older brother, but he was as close to an older brother figure as I've ever had. And he just, uh, you know, a bunch of the people in that group were a little bit older than me and my best friend there. Um, but this guy was just, he was amazing. You know, he taught me a lot about life in terms of um, what's important. And he was really into the arts, you know, music and poetry and stuff and uh, really talented. And just showed me a lot about myself. And uh, it was just, like I said, a true big brother figure to me. And one of the girls in the house, they kind of had an interesting on-again, off-again relationship. And, 
you know, I slowly became friends with her and then we became close friends. And then, you know, what happens when guys and girls become close friends <laughs> and especially when they live together. And it was uh, senior year at this point. So we were, uh, it was getting close to myself graduating. Some of the, most of the other people in the house had already graduated. We were sort of the last group to be uh, in school. And we weren't really sure what we were going to do for the next year because we were all sort of planning on sticking around the area, probably. But we weren't sure if we were going to get another big house together because it was sort of like, uh, it was hard to do, you know, living with six or seven. Or, you know, we had eight people in the house uh, was our biggest. And then we had a house with seven. Um, so we weren't really sure what we were going to do. And this was like, I guess, April, March or April, you know, getting close, you know, spring semester, my last semester in school. Um, and I ended up, uh, you know, me and the, this roommate ended up hooking up and we didn't tell the guy who is, you know, my really good friend, you know, just all of us were just so close. Um, so we did it and then you know, we hooked up and then didn't really tell anybody and a couple of them knew and then he found out and it just um it was just terrible you know i betrayed his trust i was a really shitty friend for doing it not really so much i don't regret the relationship at all i don't regret you know us um ending up together because we did end up dating for a couple of years after that what i regret is that we didn't just come clean immediately after it happened and just been like look this is what happened because I think things would have been a lot, it wouldn't have been great, but it wouldn't have been a lot better. And instead, it sort of stewed for uh, almost a week and then exploded. And so the last six weeks that I was in that house were just some of the most emotionally turbulent times of my entire life. I mean, at one point I was sort of in this new relationship, but it was really not sanctioned by everybody. It really caused a divide in the house. Some people were clearly on, you know, guy's side who I betrayed and rightfully so but they just you know really treated me um, not so well and then other people were sort of trying to play it in the middle and it was just um, it was a mess and that sort of sealed the deal for the house you know we all decided at that point really without even talking about it like okay we're not getting a house together and we started all we broke up essentially a couple of people got smaller apartments together and then a couple of us got roommates not previously that we lived with which is the route I took um, you know and it was uh, an interesting time but the point of reason I'm telling this embarrassing story is those six weeks those six weeks I didn't feel it wasn't that I didn't feel safe I didn't think anybody was gonna hurt me um, but I didn't feel secure I was not liked and it was extremely uncomfortable and there was a lot of raw emotion around all of this um, both in the positive, like I said, it was a new relationship, and that was great. Um, but in the negative, in that I lost, you know, one of my best friends, in, in, in a sense. So the things that really ground us, one of those being your housing situation, uh, can be, you know, a very anchor of or the downfall of your success at times. And that's why I, I want to talk about Maslow. Because Maslow has what they call, what he called the hierarchy of needs. And it basically is a triangle. And it, I've included a uh, pictorial of it in the show notes for today. And it has sort of, at the bottom is, you know, it's a, um, what do they call that? Equilateral triangle, I think, when all the sides are the same. So 
at the bottom is the big fat part of a triangle, right? Uh, and at the top is the point, if you think about a triangle that's set up like that. So at the bottom, you have your basic level needs. And we call those the physiological needs. So the basic things you need in order to survive as a human being, right? Breathing, right? You need to breathe. Not going to survive long without that. And then to a lesser extent, well, you're going to need food. You're going to need water. You're going to need sleep. Um, we also list things like sex. Um, so a lot of times people don't think about that as a basic uh, first level need. Um, and it may not be necessarily sex with another person. It could in a sense be, um, you know, masturbation. Uh, other things listed in the triangle that I have, homeostasis, which is really a fancy way for saying balance. Um, when things are out of homeostasis, and they certainly were for those six weeks of my life or so towards the end of my uh, senior year, I didn't feel at all in balance at all. And I, it, it created, it just wreaked havoc on my mental health. I was, I was on edge. I was anxious. I was depressed. I would hide in my, we had a, me and my roommate, I shared a room with a guy and we had our own bathroom, which was kind of a nice feature of this house for a college house. And I would just sit in that bathroom for hours because I just didn't want to face my roommates or, you know, just be around anybody. Um, and they also list excretion, just kind of sanitation, I think, in general, you know, basic level need or else you're going to get sick. So... I would assume for a lot of us, we have most of these, right? If you're listening to me, you're breathing, right? Um, and I hope most of you have access to food and water. And if you don't, I hope you please reach out to somebody where you can get that because there's a lot of help if you're hungry. Um, that's, I think, one of the things we as a society do a better job than some of the other needs. Um, you know, people can get help with eating even if it's not really good food um i'm gonna leave sex on the side and you know excretion and homeostasis sleep is an important one um so if you're not getting good sleep anybody who's never who doesn't have good sleep can tell you what a shitstorm it is for the rest of your life if you're not getting good sleep it can be again one of the you know roots of all of your um you know, failures in trying to get to that goal that you want to get to. You know, if you're waking up all groggy because you didn't sleep well all night, or you're just not sleeping, or you're dependent on sleep drugs, um, it's going to throw everything off out of balance. And until you, you know, as Maslow would say, until you get that in order, it's going to be very hard to get to these higher level needs that we're going to talk about next. So the next level up is actually the level I'll probably talk the most about, which is safety. And I think in terms of college students feeling stressed out uh, and depressed, this is one of the, this is the level that people struggle with, I think. And if you can't get past some of these things, you're not going to be able to get to the upper levels, which are, so we have, let me just explain the five levels. Physiological is the one we just discussed, you know, the basic things you need to survive as a human being. We're going to talk now about the safety level, second level. The next level up is love and belonging, and then esteem, and then self-actualization is at the top. So the reason I'm talking about this today 
um, is I, I've been getting in a lot into Reddit and hanging out on the college sub there. And I've seen a lot of questions uh, lately about, you know, because I guess it's October, it's now six, seven weeks into the semester, people are starting to adjust, and some people who haven't adjusted as quickly are starting to really freak out. Um, so it's like newish college students, or maybe it's their second year, who are just struggling with anxiety and depression. Some are struggling with being homesick. They're home away for the first time. Other people just report feeling, you know, out of place on the college campus. So I think that this could have a lot to do with those feelings and things that you need to get in order in order to feel in place. So we're going to talk about uh, the second level now and why these are an important concept to understanding how to feel secure. So the second level is safety. This is going to put you in a good place for success uh, if you can kind of have these things on lockdown. So security of your body. That would seem self-explanatory. Um, you don't want somebody um, violating you, right? Um, having, you know, being having access to your body in any kind of way that you are not cool with. Um, and if you're in, and I guess what I think of when I when I see this is like um, abusive relationships. So if somebody, if you're in an abusive relationship, um, whether it be physical or emotional. Um, you're not going to be able to get to these next levels. And I think the people that it's, it's hard for the people in those relationships to see that it's easier for the people outside of those relationships that are in really great, fulfilling relationships to be like, well, duh. Um, but I, I, I can't relate, so I'm not going to try to, uh, but I will say that that could be a, a hindrance in you getting to these upper levels. If you are not feeling secure in, just being generally safe, you know, if you are always worried that the person around you is, um, has a bad temper and is going to explode, you know, and possibly throw shit, um, that would always keep me on edge and I would be worried and it would be hard for me to feel secure. And then you might think of that in your body or you might think of it in a more um, physical, intimate way, you know, people being um, forceful, um, you know people getting drunk and you know everything that comes along with that so that's security of body uh, I'm gonna skip employment for a second security of resources though uh, that could mean a lot of different things right it could mean resource could be your financial aid financial aids a big-ass resource for a lot of you I know so if you are unsure about what's going on with that shit um, you're gonna worry and it's gonna trickle down to the other things it's gonna impact your friends your friendships it's gonna impact your confidence it's gonna impact your ability to succeed and follow through on those goals that we're focused on right now right so other resources might be I don't know what do you think of when you think of resources uh, on-campus resources you know uh, counseling disability office we talked about that last week um, and then it might be resources personal to you so your bank you know um, having enough money to at least get by um, health insurance that's an that's an important resource right so the things that you need in order to feel safe and secure that most of us have um, especially college students and so hopefully you, you can get these 
Um, a lot of times they are at least basic level um, resources are available on college campuses, especially for full-time students. Um, security of health. So if you are sick, anyone that's been sick and tried to go to school knows it's really hard to you know, function. So um, I won't spend too much time on this. This could be physical health. This could be mental health. If you are in poor health or going through a rough patch, it's going to impact everything else. That's easier said than done, right? It's like, just get your, uh, get your house in order, right? Um, so I understand that it's not, but I just bring it to your attention to see how low level these are. You know, some people think, you know, oh, you know, work on the mental health. That might be something like towards the top after I get, you know, my friendship secure and everything. It's like, no, got to work on yourself. Um, got to make sure that, you know, even if it's a physical health type of thing, um, you know, obesity or a disease, anything. Again, it kind of could relate back to one of the basic level needs, which is sleep. Um, it's going to it's going to trickle down, as I said. And then property. Um, I think I feel like when I think of property, I think of what what the need that I was struggling with in that story was, not feeling secure or I, I didn't like I said I didn't feel like anyone was going to hurt me, but I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel comfortable in that house for the remainder of the time that I was there. And it was a real struggle. So every time I remember I would think of like, what can I do after class instead of going home? And if any of you have had those feelings you know, cross your mind, I've been there and I can relate to how shitty that feeling is. Being like, oh, I don't, I, I don't wanna go anywhere but home because I just, I hate my roommate. Or, you know, they just, you know, my roommate's always there with his girlfriend, and I'm just sick of that shit. That was another <laughs> common theme I saw on Reddit. Whatever it might be, um, you need to kind of feel secure in where you live or where you um, lay your head, so to speak. Security uh, of family can mean many things to many people. I'm sure I'll talk more about family, you know, in an entire episode at some point. Um, but they can be both a huge resource and a huge burden. And that's all I'm going to say about that. When they are a resource, it's amazing. And I, um, I can relate to people that, that struggle with family being a burden. I have some good, good friends going through some really uh, tough times related to family now. I feel bad for them. So I'm not going to spend too much time on the upper level ones because, as I said, we're not going to be able to get to those upper level ones until we have these things in place. And as I said, I think a lot of you have the physiological need, needs met. A lot of this population, right? You're breathing. You have food available to you. You have clean and water. Uh, you have sanitation. You have a place that you can take a shower and use the bathroom. Um, some level of, of, of homeostasis in your life. And then it's the things that come on that second level, the safety level. So security of body, security of resources, security of family, security of health, property. And then the employment is on that level too. 
I made a, a disclaimer point, my take on Maslow in the show notes. Um, for the sake of this audience, some students might think about replacing employment with education. While others might simply add it to that second level. If you're a full-time student, oftentimes your job is to be a student. That's what you're there for. And some students have to add on that responsibility of working as well as being a student. Some of you don't. And if you're a full-time student and your education is not secure, like you're in danger of getting dismissed for some reason, that I would consider that a second-level need you know, in that safety area. Um, there is another one on that level that I'm not going to talk about, uh, and I made a little disclaimer about that too. It's security of morality. I don't even know what the hell that means. It's listed in that second level, but it also, you see morality appear again all the way at the top. It's at the very point of the triangle. So I, I, I think of morality, especially for you know traditional college-age students, as something that's a little ways off. You know, you could have a general sense of your own morality, but I'm still working on that, man. <laughs> um, you know, so... I'll just spend a little bit of time on um, the other levels. So love and belonging, after you have those first two levels met, then you could work on things like a really um, stable friendship and stable family and sexual intimacy. So we have security of family at the second level. So that's like, you know, making sure that families out of immediate crisis or danger, like there's nothing... Um, that's a, you know potentially going to harm them and then there's the love and belonging of your family you know more of the connection related to it's like okay their needs are being met now are you feeling connected to them emotionally um, that can be you know certainly a leap from the second level to the third fourth level is related to esteem your own self-esteem your confidence um, your ability to achieve respect of others, respect by others. And then the fifth level is where we're all, we're all trying to get, right? Morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem solving, lack of prejudice, acceptance of facts, actualization, you know, the, the quest continues, right? Um, so in order to sort of wrap up my discussion on Maslow, uh, the too long didn't listen version, uh, work on securing the bottom two levels and the rest will follow. That's really my, my take on Maslow. And I, I think it's, um, he, he illustrates it beautifully, you know, as simple as his, as the triangle is, it is really powerful in, in realizing like, oh wow, I'm missing this. And I could see how it's impacting my ability to feel confident, for instance, or have a, a positive self-esteem. So any questions about any of this, you can email me. Um, it is, uh, I'm looking and I don't have my email address. Oh, there it is. Uh, college student success podcast at gmail.com. I thought I had been uh, taken off my show notes there. Uh, quick question uh, from a Redditor, not directed to me, but it was put out there on the college sub. So I thought I'd answer it because I have some experience with this. Asking about withdrawing from classes. Uh, withdrew from a class because it was too stressful and they technically don't need the credits to graduate. So will future, uh, you know, down the road, will the uh, people question this? Uh, how will they view it is, is the general question. So my answer to that 
is a hell of a lot better than the F. <laughs> so I told this, I advised this person, like, you made the right call. And props to you for making it early enough and realizing early enough when you can do something about it. Like, this isn't working for me. So uh, this is good timing for this because it's October 15th. And that the you'll see every academic calendar has, uh, you know, last day to withdraw, I think. It may have even passed for some schools, but I know it hasn't passed in hours yet because um, I actually just got a withdrawal email today from a student withdrawing from one of my classes. So uh, I don't think it's too late in most cases where if you are in the weeds, so to speak, if you're really struggling with a class and it's looking like you are probably going to fail it, um, you may have the option to withdraw. And withdraw is basically saying, I'm, I'm getting out of this class um, before the deadline, and you get basically a W on your transcript. And so the difference between a W and an F is huge. A W isn't calculated into your GPA. And I gave an example in the show notes to illustrate this. So let's say it's a real easy example. Let's say you're taking four classes, and you know, partially through the semester, you decide, oh, one of these classes, I'm just doing horrible, I'm going to withdraw it. Um, you withdraw from it. So you end up with an A, a B, a C, and a W. That would average out to a 3.0. You know, the A and the C essentially cancel each other out. You end up with a B average. And you would also end up potentially with a partial refund on the class that you withdrew from, depending on how early you withdrew. So if you withdraw like two weeks in, you're going to get more money back for uh, like a refund on the course than if you withdraw, you know, the last possible day. So that's an important consideration as well. Uh, the financial assistance, financial aspect of college is of utmost importance, as it is for many. Now let's um, contrast that to the person that's also taking four classes and doesn't realize uh, in a quick enough time and has to take an F. So they get an A, a B, a C, and an F. That is a 2.25 GPA. Ugh. And no money, no potential for refund. So you're going to have to take the class over. You're going to have to pay for it again if it's a requirement. And a 2.25 is going to put you probably in trouble in some universities. You may be on academic probation. I'm not sure what the cutoff is for academic probation. Um, but it certainly is not nearly as good as a 3.0. 3.0 is going to give you no problems. And you will certainly have security of education uh, moving forward, at least from an academic standpoint. So withdrawing is uh, certainly preferable if in terms of knowing that uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to fail. How will uh, future universities, other people look at it? Um, not Like I said, not as badly as, at, as an F. They might ask about it, and they probably won't, <laughs> especially if it's just one. Um, or it's, even if it's just one semester. You know, I have worked with tons of students that are doing well, doing well, doing well, some shitty fucking thing happens. They have to drop out of class, out of school for the semester, take all W's for the entire semester. 
and then go back the next semester and uh, resume everything, and it's fine. You know, somebody might ask something. You could be like, I was going through a rough time. You know, I don't – people understand that people go through rough times. And if you could show a track record of success and, yeah, I had this this time, you know, but I'm past it, most people are going to be cool with that. So that is my story for today. Um, real quick to wrap up, I don't know if I really – iterated the home exercise on Monday when I was talking about the weekly review, but um, if I was unclear, here we are in week six, we should be thinking about working a weekly review into our rituals. Um, think about, and in the weekly review, you're sort of going over your calendar for the last week, making sure you hit on everything, uh, and making sure things that were not accounted for kind of get moved or rescheduled. Looking at your to-do list, figuring out things you have already done that you may not have crossed off, adding to it, revising timelines, etc. If you get in the habit of doing this every single week, preferably the same day, um, you will find you don't end up leaving shit to the last minute or dropping any balls, as I said in our last episode. So I listed in our uh, show notes for today. All six of uh, my home exercise suggestions, uh, just to kind of have all in one place. So if you're just starting up with the podcast, you can go back and listen to the ones you might be interested. Um, the even-numbered episodes are mental health, more mental health-focused, and the odd-numbered episodes are more goal attainment, productivity-focused. So that's all I have for today. Have a great weekend. See you next week in week seven. Peace.